0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. The uh,
2: pre-4th of July edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you. Staying nice and cool, are
3: you? I'm doing my best.
2: (laughs) Yes. Sometimes difficult.
3: Well, we talked yesterday just about how incredibly hot it is when you don't have air conditioning and it's 90 degrees. And I just want you to know that that can... Continues in my home. It
2: surely does in mine as well. Mm -hmm. I woke up this morning around uh, 2.30 to the sound of a turbo prop engine in my living room. Is that right? Yeah. What was that? It was a fan.
4: Oh. Mm. Uh
3: Uh-huh. That's not just any fan. Oh, no, no. No, no, no.
2: We brought Mm -hmm. in the big guns. Mm -hmm. And around 2.30, my wife said, I'm turning that baby on. Holy smokes. It was the sound of the industrial might of the Western world three feet away from me.
3: Mm -hmm. I'll tell you one thing, though, um, that would be helpful Mm. is to go down to... Point State Park, and throw yourself bodily in the fountain.
2: That's illegal. It is. It's illegal.
3: Don't catch me on a technicality. I'm just trying to get cool, but the fountain's working.
2: Finally, yeah. A missing piece of the uh, cityscape has returned uh, after months of being uh, out of commission uh, and just in time for the Fourth of July, as of yesterday, the iconic uh, fountain at Point Saint Park is back once again in operation. Uh, apparently, there was a, a problem with the uh, water pumps. This has been an ongoing thing, and I think that you know they shut it down what five, six years ago for protracted uh, repairs, right? And now they but said, you know
3: what, this one had to do with the flooding, the extreme flooding that the uh, area had oh, at the beginning oh. of the summer.
2: Okay. So now it's up and running, 120 feet in the air.
3: I've missed it. every Me too. I, mean, I drive you past sm- it twice a day.
2: Oh, right. Of course.
3: And so I'm, I always look over there and think, oh.
2: Yeah, please get up there.
3: But now I don't have to do that anymore, so I feel <laughs> good about it.
2: So how about the, um, do you go to the fountains at uh, the courtyard at PPG Place?
3: Um, Not regularly.
2: Have you been there, though, and seen all the kids running around? I have around?
3: been there. I think it's really cute.
2: I love that. I think and it's I, super cute. How about the waterfalls over on the north side?
3: I lo- see, now we go to there that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because that's relatively close to where we live. Okay. That was like, especially when my kids were little, that was a regular. Uh, In fact, I was uh, traveling uh, the week before last, and my my husband and daughter went down there. Did
2: they? Just Uh to hang out?
3: Uh Uh-huh. Sit at the water steps. There are
2: always a ton of people there. I always. love Always, yeah.
3: That's a great thing. It sure is. Yeah, yeah, we've spent a lot of time at the water steps. Okay, so 4th of July mm-hmm. um, in Pittsburgh. I'm sure you're going to be driving around the city, John, taking in various entertainment no. and historic patriotic options around I, town.
2: I may be driving around, but the only reason I'll drive around is so I can just sit in my car's air conditioning.
3: Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, is a pretty good point. Okay. You know what I was thinking about this morning hmm. as I was waking? I think I woke up at like 5 because it was so hot. <laughs> And I was laying there thinking no no I should go back to sleep I should yeah. go back to sleep. Please. I thought New Mike has air conditioning. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. I told you guys you can come over anytime. We're invited. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? At- tomorrow morning? Like if we like whenever we can't sleep. Now you were you were awakened at what 2:30. time? 2:30. And what did you do? <laughs>
2: I went out in the front porch and lay down on the glider.
3: Okay, so he's out in the front porch at two thirty. Yeah, I'm awake at five. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about if you, we just go over to Mike's whenever we get to that point? <laughs> so you can go at a different time than me. It's not like we have to arrive together, right, Mike? That's right. Yeah. it's great. You can you can enjoy the kiddie pool that I have in my backyard. Fine, Jeez.
2: fine. When your kids were little, did you guys make tents for your kids, like in the living room? Did you do that? We like, set up like, like a like, fort. Yeah, like set up a dining yeah. room chairs and then put like you know a sheet over it. Oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll be in your living room in the fort. All right. Thank you, Mike.
3: You got it. Right. I'll just curl up bring... in a corner somewhere. It's really <laughs> fun. Okay, so I looked up a couple things um, that you could do around you know the Pittsburgh area for the
2: weekend. Right. I mean for the holiday. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. kind of feels as though it's Friday, though it's not.
3: Right, and it's hard because the Fourth of July is on Wednesday. What are you supposed to do? Take
2: one day off and come back to work on Thursday, like we're going to do.
3: Right. Okay. So there's some there's a, a reenactment going on down at Fort Pitt. Oh yeah. I think that would be fun. That okay, the, that's in the, after, that's in the uh, late morning. Is that the
2: British Redcoats?
3: Mm-hmm. It's not the British Redcoats. No, they're going to raise a 36-foot garrison flag with the help of colonial reenactors. All right, fine. I think that'd be cool. There's also a flag ceremony at the Heinz History Center. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that would be really good. What do they do? I'm, well, they. I, I mean, I don't know. It's called Flag Ceremony. They gather in the History Center's Great Hall for a moving patriotic flag ceremony. Join local vets and museum visitors to help to unfurl a giant 36-foot American flag. Nice.
2: What time is that, tomorrow?
3: Uh, Yeah, I think it's around noon. Okay.
2: (laughs) As wow. always, we're on top of the information. Listen, I don't, so know, why, I don't know
3: why you... I, that's a great idea. Yeah,
2: no, it'd be fine. I'm not downgrading it by any stretch. Air conditioning. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So, I'll, I mean, any of these options are good. <laughs> right, right. So you wouldn't let me throw myself... Bod- oh, that was my ring. It just clashed. Days. You wouldn't let me throw myself bodily in the fountain?
2: No. It's illegal. It's illegal. Is
3: why it, though? It? It's not really illegal.
2: Yeah, I was just there a couple of weeks ago. It's illegal. They, The park rangers will tell you, get out of the fountain.
3: Okay. Would you guys bail me out?
2: What, if you got arrested? Yeah. I can't imagine you'd say that. I get one phone
3: call. I get one phone call, and it's you guys.
2: Yeah, I would come down. I wouldn't. Come on. Okay. Oh, because oh, you're, your, you, no, no, you're not
3: going to leave here. Mike. No,
2: no. You're not going to get arrested. Uh, I guess unless you were like totally a total scufflaw, like kept on ignoring their warnings.
3: That'd be a big scandal.
2: Oh, yeah, it would be. hmm.
3: No. Okay, and I brought this up yesterday, and I feel like I need to do it again. Uh, you're going to a family party, John. Mm-hmm, yep. uh, Mike Scott, as he said yesterday options. Mhm, yeah.
2: options. I- and you? No options.
3: Nothing. Really? Not Nothing. one thing.
2: If it was me and I was you mm-hmm. and I had no place
3: to go, you know what I'd do? Go to Mike's air conditioning? No,
2: no, I'd go like to uh like a nice hotel that has a pool and you know rent a room for the night.
3: Well, yeah, okay. If I was made of money, sure. Yeah, why I mean, not? How
2: much can it be? Yeah.
3: But for for my family and I, we're just yeah, gonna all go to a hotel. You. Yeah. Well, Wouldn't get, that be nice. Yeah, I guess it'd probably be two or three hundred dollars. No, no way. way.
2: No. What are you talking about? Come
3: on, we're gonna sp- stay the night. We're gonna have to eat dinner somewhere. We're gonna, you know, have to eat breakfast somewhere. Bring us a couple snacks. Oh yeah, I'm gonna bring some snacks. Do
2: it on the down low. That's all. I'm gonna all. bring some so That's what I would do. I'd find like a nice pool, right, and then just go to a hotel somewhere, a motel.
3: Yeah, all of a sudden it started as a hotel and it ended up as a motel. Well,
2: I mean, how many hotels have pools?
3: Every hotel has a pool.
2: I don't think so. I mean, if you went downtown, who's, who's got a pool downtown?
3: I bet a lot of I them don't have think pools they do. downtown. No, no,
2: not these new, fr- you know, fruitful yeah, hotels. No, I think no, they
3: do. I Kath, think so. you don't want to spend it downtown. I mean, try to drive out. At no, the end of the night. absolutely not. I'm never doing that again. I did that one time in my whole life. I'm never going down for fireworks, see the fireworks? ever fireworks? again. Why? Ever again.
2: Fireworks downtown are beautiful. It's a nightmare. It's gorgeous. It's
3: it's very gorgeous. It's completely not worth it. But you're right. It is. It is worth it. No, it's
2: worth it. No, it's not. No, if you just plan it properly, you just enjoy the beauty and then just hang back a little bit. You know, just wait.
3: Listen to you plan it properly. Are you going?
2: No, because I'm going. (laughs) When's the last time you went to a party? A couple years ago.
3: Oh yeah. What's a couple?
2: I don't know, seven or eight.
3: Uh huh. (laughs) Put a one on that, and we're closer. Anyway, coming up next, one of our uh, favorite guests, Dr. Charlie Camosi from Fordham University. We're going to talk about the love of animals. Does being a Christian and being pro life mean, get ready, that you should also be a vegetarian?
2: Oh, oh, no. Really?
3: Well, I don't know. If I don't we're going to so. find out.
2: I don't know. Okay, Burgers for Everyone coming up next here on the Ride Home. It's the 4th of July edition.
5: five W O R D.
6: This week on Through the Bible Radio, we'll wrap up Dr. J. Vernon McGee's study in the book of Job and move on to the epistle to the Galatians. This is an especially applicable book because Paul wrote it specifically for a group of people who in many ways were similar to people today. They were described as fickle, inconsistent, and untrustworthy, and were besieged by cults. Sound familiar? Well then, join us this week on Through the Bible. Since we're starting in a new book, it's the perfect time to get on the Bible bus.
0: Through the Bible,
1: this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. You know the
7: moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. ah. That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity. Made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com
8: When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory.
2: At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies, Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. The Landing is one of the newest and hottest places for families.
9: Owned and operated by Impact Christian Church, the Landing Community Center in Moon Township is absolutely free. No membership needed. With an indoor turf field, gymnasium, kids' play area, meeting rooms,
6: and great food at our cafe, we have something for everyone. Give your kids a play day without hurting your wallet. This is our gift to you. And we have great rates for your private rental needs. Check us out online at impactthelanding.com. Business is booming, and so is Christian Business Partners, where you'll find allies who share your values as you seek to serve God in and through your daily work. Now with seven chapters throughout the region, including new groups in Monroeville and Ambridge. Find weekly encouragement from 8.15 to 9.30 a.m. as you enjoy prayer and Bible study, fellowship, trade referrals, and make friends. Find your Christian Business Partners at CBP316.com.
3: The main arguments we have, those of us who oppose abortion, is that we don't believe it's appropriate. We don't believe that it's ethically right to uh, kill a person, uh, uh, an unborn person.
2: Against God's laws.
3: It's against God's laws, but we don't believe it, it's um, particularly ethical to do that just because it's convenient. Right. Or just because the life of that child could be inconvenient to us. And so that begs the question if we think about that in a larger context, what does that mean? What could that mean? What should that mean for our treatment mm. of animals?
2: Charlie Kimosi is with us. Charlie's associate professor of theological and social ethics at Fordham University. He's got a book out that's been around for about four or five years called For the Love of Animals, Christian Ethics, Consistent Action. Charles, welcome to the air. How are you, sir?
10: Good to talk to both of you again.
2: Thank you.
3: So, Charlie, um, the convenience or inconvenience argument is something that we have fought over as pro-lifers for a long time, Um, you and I both. Um, But this has caused you over the last how long to start thinking about how you personally interact with animals?
10: Yeah, I think so much of who I am as a pro-lifer protecting or trying to protect prenatal children has spilled over into other issues. And one of those is to protect the voiceless, protect those who are whose dignity is inconvenient, for those who have power over them in other places. And though I certainly don't want to compare humans to animals, certainly you have to say that animals are among the most voiceless, the most uh helpless the most vulnerable and frankly their dignity is quite inconvenient for us (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh and and that's something we have to struggle with so
2: the people who protest outside of abortion clinics and people who are members of PETA from the outside they're looked as um people are on the fringe
3: the crazies and people on the opposite sides of the fringe yeah
10: yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? And and there's another analogy that I think is important to, to bring to bear is that pro-lifers who use hidden cameras and other technologies to expose the horror that is Planned Parenthood and abortion clinics um, have had lots of struggles with people with power trying to shut them down and make it illegal to do what they do. Similarly, with people who want to expose what happens in factory farms and the horrific slaughter that happens there, there's actually been gag rules that have been tried to pass in some states to make it illegal to actually film at these factory farms because obviously people don't want the reality to be put out there
11: gosh yeah i
2: mean i've seen those documentaries you're talking about charlie they're brutal when you see the the long line of cattle moving ahead in slow motion you know one after another you think i'll never eat another burger or steak again but you know here we are in america and i and i'm like everybody else i'm feeding at the trough of meat almost every day
10: and is it interesting the language we use to try to hide the fact of what we're doing with abortion, we call the child, a fetus, right? We never, I, I tell anybody who listen, we only use the term fetus in abortion in biology class. Every other time we're calling it a baby. Mm-hmm. We just had our first biological child um, a couple weeks ago. And during my wife's pregnancy, every single time the reference was to a baby, never a fetus. Nobody ever said, Hey, look at your wife's fetus bump. It's a baby bump. Uh, <laughs> right. But, 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 so that hides the the, the dignity of, of prenatal children, but but what is what's the language we use with animals, right? We don't talk about cows or pigs, we talk about beef or bacon, right? Mm-hmm. And we we were never we're never really forced to deal with the fact. I mean, I, I allow my chick my kids to eat meat; they, they can make their own choices. But I'm gonna call it what it is. I'm like, oh, so Gina, are you having some? Uh, pig today? Is that what you're going to have? Uh-huh. And it forces her to kind of like do a double take and say, well, yes, I guess I am going to eat a pig today. I see.
2: So then, Charlie, with that in mind, as as someone who's pro-life, are you also a vegetarian?
10: Uh, I'm a pescatarian, so Jesus ate fish, and I'm, I'm not going to contradict Jesus on that one. <laughs> but it's pretty interesting. It's an argument from silence, but at least it's interesting to note that despite the fact that Jesus was at parties a lot and was criticized for eating and drinking a lot, we never see him eating meat it's a, it's an argument from silence but i th- I still think it's worth noting and frankly, even if he did eat meat it wouldn't be comparable to the kinds of practices right. uh that we have today in our in our factory farms I mean, Yeah. we're if, if, if we if, you don't, if we don't educate ourselves on where our meat is coming from, and and then we're complicit in it as well, I, I
2: think. Right. And it wasn't that long ago, I'm sure, you know, 50 or 60 years ago, that people ate meat maybe two or three times a week. And now in America, you know, we eat meat two or three times a day. There's been a total flip on this.
10: Right. Isn't, isn't it interesting? Like when the prodigal son returns, they kill the fatted calf because eating meat was the party food. If you were going to celebrate, mm-hmm. that's when you had meat. It was not A a daily occurrence now somehow, especially in our culture, I grew up anyway with with commercials like the beef. It's what's for dinner thing. Yeah, you know, those commercials. um, And and we've just decided there it isn't really a a meal unless there's meat on the plate. So, yeah, the amount of meat we consume is, is something to think about as well.
3: So Charlie, it's it's so interesting to think about the fringe that John brought up a couple minutes ago, which is that you know people who are protesting outside abortion clinics and people who are protesting outside animal outside of factory farms are on the opposite sides of the political spectrum, okay so we have the righties on one side and the lefties on the other. Um, do you see yourself as a bridge between those two groups?
10: Yeah, uh, in fact, depending who I'm talking to. I can use my views about abortion or my views on animal uh, ethics to kind of open somebody up who's maybe not open open to that, that set of issues. So, if I'm talking about abortion with somebody who's pro choice but who's sympathetic to animal rights, the fact that I care so deeply and I've written about animal rights gives them kind of like an, or it gives me actually an opening to, to reach them in ways that otherwise wouldn't have. They're like, well, then maybe this guy has something to say, especially since so many of the arguments seem similar and also vice versa if people know my pro life credentials which no accident I've been trying to highlight in these conversations with you yeah. maybe they can say hey um, there's some other it's it's not a comparable issue it's not the same issue by any means same gravity of issue but it's certainly something I ought to think about as well if I really say that I care about the vulnerable and voiceless and those who are inconvenient mm-hmm.
0: So, Charlie, uh,
2: what was your journey like? Because I remember being a senior in high school, and our social studies teacher uh, had us read Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. And that book, of course, is is about the chicago slaughterhouses and it was so shocking to me that I became you know a vegetarian maybe for a year or so uh, but you know I went back to it eventually so So what was it like for you intertwining a, a pro life perspective and then becoming consciously not a vegetarian as you you describe but someone who espoused the the everyday uh, eating of meat
10: well i i um Like you, I don't know. I don't know how old you were, but when I was younger, in my early twenties, I also became a vegetarian, and uh, it didn't take. Maybe somewhat similar uh, for somewhat similar reasons. Um, I love the analogy that Seinfeld has about knocking over a Coke machine. You you don't do it in one motion; you have to rock it back and forth a few times, then it goes over. That's what it was like for me. I had to rock, (laughs) rock it back and back and forth a few times, then I finally, and I turned when I turned thirty. I was like, okay, you're allegedly adult now. This, This, you better start doing this. But, um, you know, I would like to go further. I'd like to stop eating animal all animal products that come from factory farms, and I don't do that. Uh, and so I'm not by any means perfect when it comes to this, and I have goals I continue to shoot for. The main thing, I think, though, is to just realize that even lowering the amount of meat you eat is just such an important thing to do. And this is something that Christians have done throughout our history, right? We used to eat a lot less meat. In, in my own tradition of, of Catholicism, we used to not eat meat the entire, uh, you know, the, a season of Lent before Easter. The Orthodox, uh, our Orthodox brothers and sisters, Christian Greek and, and and Russian, other Orthodox, they don't eat meat throughout on Fridays or Wednesdays throughout the entire. They're vegan on Fridays and and Wednesdays throughout the entire year. So maybe one of the things I suggest in my book and other places is: can we recapture some of these? Um, practices that we used to have, and, and many of us don't have anymore, where we eat a lot less meat. In fact, if you combine this, the kind of secular practice of meatless Mondays, which maybe some people have heard of, yeah, um, you can go you can go three days, uh, three almost half the week without eating animal products, and that would be a huge step. It's not veganism or vegetarianism, but it'd be a huge step. Mm-hmm.
3: Dr. Charlie Camosi is with us, Associate Professor of Theological and Social Ethics at Fordham University.
2: So Charlie, even as we speak, our, our phone lines are lighting up. And, and I can imagine, although we've not taken any phone calls, that this is something that's... Um, Gets people's passion stirred. In some ways, it's, you know, sort of un American to talk about not eating meat. They kind of go hand in hand. It's kind of a weird thing. And
3: I think some people react badly to me linking people who are protesting abortion clinics and people that are protesting factory farms, saying, you know, perhaps thinking that I'm trying to equate animals with people. Uh, And I'm not trying to do that. I think the reason I bring them up together is I think it's perhaps this is one of those issues where the gospel actually cuts through both political parties, right? And both sides of the political spectrum and causes us to think more deeply about how we do different things that two different parties think is important.
10: Yeah, I often think about Christ's command to be in the world and not of it and what that means for my life and the lives of my fellow Christians and one thing we should definitely not expect to be as comfortable <laughs> in our own culture. I mean, we should expect to be uncomfortable. We should expect our views and our lifestyles to kind of stick out and not really seem normal or even, you know, maybe seem a little bit strange to the, to those who, who don't practice the way. So it's, it's, it's not unusual. It's not, ex- I would expect, of course, the, the broader culture would react and say, you're not a good American. If you don't do this, or, you're not a good, whatever, but that's our, our loyalty is to the gospel. It's not, it's not to you know what what the current culture happens to be surrounding the eating of meat right
3: all right charlie so i want to just bring up something that i saw you discuss in an article i don't know how long ago this was but you were talking about the catholic catechism and what it has to say about our treatment of animals do you remember that yeah i do yeah okay so can you tell us about that it's something i'd never heard before i'm not catholic but it was interesting for me to read that
10: yeah, it, most Catholics don't. Well, most Catholics don't even know what's in the catechism. But uh, even those that 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 care what's in the catechism are are not really aware, as far as I know, of broadly aware of the of these lines about animals. So the the catechism is somewhat complicated. It does say that you can use animals for food and for clothing and for uh, labor, but it says it gives some pretty very strict, actually, rules for that. One of them is you need to always treat animals with kindness when you do these things, and obviously the torture and horrific existence that animals bear in factory farms is the opposite. If There could be an opposite of kindness, that's it. Um, But then it also says you have to um, never cause animals to suffer or die needlessly.
6: Mm -hmm.
10: And me and my fellow Catholic theologians argue about what this means all the time, but I think it's a really interesting and important structure on our behavior, like okay, I guess I can understand in some extreme circumstances if one needs somehow protein, this is the only way one can get it, it some parts of the world it's difficult to get protein from 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 uh, plants that that would rise to the level of need, it seems to me. Most of our um, meat eating, of course, and I include myself in this for for a good majority of my life, had absolutely nothing to do with eat, with with need. In fact, it was probably detrimental to my health. <laughs> you know, yep, the amount yep. of meat that I ate. So, so if we can if we can be kind to animals and only use them in these ways when it rises to the level of need, I think that's number one, consistent with the catechism. But I think, at some level, it kind of meshes with our common sense as well. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I need to sort of, you know, uh, equate an image or a number with, you know, consumption whenever I, inst- you know, I'm ready to go through the drive through at, you know, Mickey D's or Wendy's. So so you're right, Charlie, uh, in For Love of Animals, that uh, you estimate 50 billion animals are tortured and killed in factory farms every year. 50 billion?
10: Yeah, that was back in 2013 when I was, you know, writing the book, actually 2012 before it came out. So it's certainly, I don't know what the number is now, but it's its probably significantly more than that now. Um, because in our culture, you know, we always produce more and more and more of almost everything. And the reason is because we want to buy meat cheaply. So the reason why factory farms are here at all is not because of sadistic people who own and run the farms. It's because of people like us who want to buy meat cheaply as possible. So there's a race to the bottom in terms of getting
0: price
10: price down. And factory farms are the cheapest way to produce what they call protein units per square foot. And if you're going to have a race to the bottom of protein units per square foot, you're not going to care as much about their welfare or, or their flourishing at all. In fact, all you really care about is getting the price of your meat down so you can get market share. And so I think maybe another related part, if some of your listeners are thinking about this and genuinely wrestling with it and say, well, I don't know if I could eat, not eat meat or eat less meat, maybe we can choose to spend a little bit more on our meat so that it's at least coming from animals who are treated well mm-hmm. as opposed from these animals who are just treated as nothing more than protein units per square foot. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, Charlie, our time's almost up. Uh, last question for you. Let's talk about a positive view of the future. What an appropriate, um, ethically high standard of relationship between humans and animals would look like? And I mean, you know, I think about that and I think, okay, right. are, are we talking about, you know, uh, people who've decided not to have children. And so they're going to have, you know, five dogs that they're going to spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on every year and hand knit them sweaters and everything. I mean it, it, Is that what we're talking about?
10: Yeah, I don't know. I, it's tough. It's a good question. I don't know that I have a good answer to it. I, I tend to think that Genesis 1 and 2 are kind of the way to go here. It's if, if if we read Genesis 1 and 2 carefully, it's one of the most two of the most pro-animal texts we could ever imagine. Yeah. Genesis 1 ends with us being commanded to eat fruits and plants and not the animals, and at the end of Genesis 2, or given uh, the animals to be our companions, not our food. It isn't until Genesis 9, actually, that we're given the animals to eat, and that's after sin mm-hmm. has entered the world. So if we can witness to the original, it seems to me, plan of God in, in Genesis 1 and 2 that's that Isaiah hints at when he says, you know, the lamb will lay down with the lion and the baby by the adder's lair, all will be peaceful on my holy mountain. I think that's Isaiah 7, 11, I think, or 9. Um that's, if we can just sort of have that in our head rather than just capitulating to what our culture kind of pushes on us, I think Sweet. we're going to end up pushing in good directions.
3: Yeah. Charlie, we always appreciate you being with Thanks
10: us. Thanks so much. My pleasure.
3: That's Charlie Kamosi, Associate Professor of Theological and Social Ethics, Fordham University. I'll put a link to his book up on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with Johnny and Kathy, and find us online, com.
2: For the love of animals.
11: Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step-by-step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise and entrepreneur magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA 724-870-4120 You don't know when you're unit will call it quits, but you can rest assured
6: it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air central AC and even offer split mini duct units to heat and cool individual rooms with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. Clean, courteous, convenient, and A plus rated with a better business bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661.
5: When you're a kid Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Wild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soap Zone because you love to see them smile. Save up to $18 on select days when you buy online
6: at Idlewild.com. Isn't crushing candy just boring? Play the hit puzzle game Best Fiends. It's sweeping the nation. Tired of matching candies? Give Best Fiends a try. It's fun, fresh, and addictive whether you play alone or with friends and family. Download Best Fiends for free in the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best
0: Fiends. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki.
1: God is calling us, and you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this: this show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio.
0: <laughs> is that right? That's right. That's awesome. <laughs> I can't. Maybe wait. some other people will listen to us. Called to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at nine thirty. Check us out. Join us.
9: Parts of the region will see a shower or thunderstorm this evening, otherwise partly cloudy tonight. Warm and humid, a low of 72 degrees. For Independence Day tomorrow, hot and humid with sun and building clouds, leading to a shower and thunderstorm in the region in the afternoon and evening, a high of 90. Cloudy, warm, and muggy late tomorrow night, a low of 72. Then a blend of clouds and sun Thursday. A couple of thunderstorms are out as we stay humid with a high of 86. I'm Mackey Weather Meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM.
2: So as the immigration debate rages on, many people have chimed in, and um, churches have responded as well. This is a, a very uh, unique um, demonstration that happened at a church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Nativity statues of baby Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, which usually mark Christmas, were incarcerated Tuesday of this week behind a barbed wire-topped chain-link fence on On the lawn of the Cathedral of the Episcopal Church's Indianapolis Diocese. The caged Holy Family protest President Trump's zero tolerance policy, which has resulted in holding families near the U.S. Mexico border. Um, I know the Bible, said Reverend Stephen Carlson, Dean and Rector of Christ Church Cathedral. We're supposed to love our neighbors. The Reverend Lee Curtis, who also served at Christ Church, came up with the idea for the demonstration, said the biblical trio was a family of refugees seeking asylum in Egypt after Jesus' birth. Said Curtis, the holy family is every family, and every family is holy. The church set up the cage nativity scene Monday night as part of the hashtag every, holy, every family is holy campaign. The clergy of the self-described progressive Episcopal congregation uh, Carlson and Curtis attended the families belong together rally Saturday to protest family separation. Um, There's a photograph of this. I'm reading from the um, USA today um, edition from yesterday. There is a photograph of the uh, Holy family. You've seen these, of course, the nativity set, the large plastic Mm -hmm. figurines. And then there is truly a gigantic chain link fence, nine feet or so in height, topped by barbed wire outside the cathedral.
3: Yeah. I, I gotta be honest, I don't like that. I don't either.
2: I don't think it's like it, I don't think it's a true representation no, of the holy right. family or the immigration debate. Right.
3: No, I think you're right about that. And I also really dislike when we use Jesus as a rubber stamp on whatever our political issue of the day is. Yeah. That's the danger. Right. It is the danger. Now it doesn't mean that we don't try to figure out what God would say um, on a particular issue. But I have to say, this is something that I think is so important for us to remember, is that when it comes to issues of public policy, oftentimes there is not a scriptural imperative. This calls for wisdom, and people of good faith can disagree. Yes. Um, and especially
2: I, in something like this, which is so deeply yes, complex. Yes, There's no sort of thumbs up, thumbs down. There I don't believe that is. There isn't. And, and, and as I read the narratives and look at the stories and see the government's response as messy as it can be, I'll say that it's it is messy. Right. Um, Anybody who says they have all the answers here, I think you're just totally wrong about this. Mm-hmm. And for even to think about this and to think, well, you know what? I, th- I believe the administration is trying to do the right thing to stem the flow of the, you know, the wave of immigrant after immigrant and to use children as a tool uh, or as a prop in some way to get yourself into the country. It's wrong. It is wrong. Um, and to say that, I think, to say that especially on the air, over 50,000 watts, a lot of people will wag their finger at us, at me, and say, bigot, hateful, how dare you, shameful. And I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I believe that the attorney general is trying to do the right thing to stop the flow, to make sure people come across in, in a legal fashion to ensure that we are all clean and safe.
3: Now, we, we both have talked about the fact that he probably didn't express himself as well, Yes. He rarely yeah, does. Right, he rarely does. Right, he rarely does. However, and nor Jeff Sessions. No. Nor Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General. But well, I
2: believe what's being but, done but is the, being done well. Yeah, well
3: here's the here's or the right. Well, here's the problem is that we have so much um so much communication that is harsh and accusatory that whenever we're coming against an issue like this that is complex and has two sides of it then the issue becomes accusatory and the issue becomes harsh. And I wish we could just actually have people sitting there, people of goodwill who are trying to have a conversation, figuring nobody wants to separate parents from kids. Nobody wants that. The fact that that's what happened is an absolute tragedy. The other thing that's an absolute tragedy is the fact that conditions in the countries where these people are coming from are so horrific that they feel like they have to leave. The other thing that's happening is people are manipulating children and families for a political reason result and that's bad too i mean there's just look it it just reminds me of listening to thomas Sowell talk a couple years ago uh famed economist and he said oftentimes when it comes to public policy we look for solutions we shouldn't look for solutions we need to realize that there are trade-offs that's what we're talking about we have to do the best we can oftentimes the solution is not black and white
2: take a break be right back david french is going to join us in a few minutes stick around
5: 1.5 WORD.
2: Hello, I'm Jack Graham, and I want to personally invite you to join me each weekday for PowerPoint, where we'll get down to the basics of what really matters, life in Jesus Christ. Each day, I'll give you practical, biblical steps for tapping into God's power for successful Christian living. So make plans to join me for a time of spiritual encouragement that will leave you feeling
1: more alive in Christ. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Stop everything you're doing right now and ask yourself, are you currently receiving steady paychecks? What about when you're retired? Will you receive a monthly check to cover your expenses and also have some fun? Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group calls this mailbox money. It's the monthly check you'll receive throughout retirement. Kurt wants to help remove stress from your retirement. He doesn't want you to worry about if the money will show up or how much money you'll receive. The only thing Kurt wants you to think about is how to spend it when it arrives. Find out how to get enough money in your mailbox every month when you're retiring. Call Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group at 412-515-3555 for a complimentary retirement analysis with strategies that could help your nest egg provide you monthly income you'll need in retirement. Call right now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, and Accurate
6: Investment Solutions, Inc. Graduation is an exciting time in life, but it can also leave you feeling a little uncertain about what's next. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412-494-2000.
7: Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you so we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzynski of The Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull.
12: When you come to Kennywood, you're part of the family. So make yourself at home. Help yourself to some tasty treats. Then climb aboard with the number 1 blue engine and steam into our newest attraction, Thomas Town. Visit Thomas and friends at their new Kennywood home. Coming soon. Kennywood, a Pittsburgh tradition for 120 years. Welcome to the family. Now save up to $20 on select days at Kennywood.com. Remember what life is like before central air?
6: Avoid an untimely reminder of those uncomfortable days of yore with a timely A.C. system check from Pellis Heating and Cooling. Pellis will service your system to keep your unit running strong all summer long. And if you have an emergency, a Pellis tech is available 24 hours a day with after-hour calls returned within 15 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P E L L E S at pellishvac.com.
2: Now the race is on to the Supreme Court. As President Trump yesterday interviewed four people who may uh, one day sit on the Supreme Court, there's been a lot, of course, uh, finger-pointing and rancor about who that next justice might be. David French is with us. David's a senior writer at the National Review. He wrote a piece at the National Review called Amy Conant Barrett, Progressive, Progressives Use Religious Ignorance, Bigotry to Slime Supreme Court Candidate. David, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. David, uh, even as uh, we were reading your article this morning, Frank Bruni from the New York Times wrote a piece called The Supreme Temptation of Amy Coney Barrett. So uh, the full force, the full court press right now is on to discredit someone who is just now dipping her toe into the the vetting process. Yeah.
13: Well, right. I mean, you know, what's what's interesting about her is that uh, she's been she's checked all the boxes. She was, uh, you know, did very well in law school. Went on to a top appellate clerkship. Went on to a Supreme Court clerkship. Became uh, worked for an elite um, law firm. Then was a professor at an elite law school, and now is a Seventh Circuit judge. But she doesn't have the kind of big time paper trail of decisions that a whole lot of the, that of many of the other Trump potential Trump appointees do. So they're trying to find a way. Uh, they're trying to find grounds to attack her that's independent, uh, that that is uh, that will resonate. And b- because her bio is so strong, one of the ways that they've chosen to attack her is by is actually by attacking her faith. Um, and in attacking her faith, I think they're making a, a terrible mistake.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure you can close your eyes like me, and you can hear Diane Feinstein talking to Amy Comey Barrett, right? I mean, it was just... It was, it was such a shockingly ridiculous uh, statement that she made when uh, Judge Barrett was up for the her 2017 confirmation hearing for the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. So um, those de- let me just read it for those of our listeners who who don't have it like stuck in their mind like I do. Diane Feinstein said this quote: "When you read your speeches, the conclusion one draws is that the dogma lives loudly within you." And that's of concern when you come to big issues that large numbers of people have fought for for years in this country. David?
13: Yeah, well, yeah, that that was one of the more dramatic moments in Barrett's confirmation hearing, the most dramatic moment in Barrett's confirmation hearing. And it was the moment that said that the Democrats are imposing a religious test on her. And, you know, it backfired. It backfired on them. It elevated Amy Barrett, who's a, a brilliant an absolutely brilliant uh, uh, was a brilliant law professor. Is an now a brilliant judge. Elevated her. It mobilized uh, Christian conservatives, and it, it was a, it was a and it also exposed, I think, the way in which many Democrats view people of faith in this country. One of the things I point out in my piece is that right now only thirty two percent of white Democrats. Believe in the God of the Bible. So that means about 68% of white Democrats do not believe in the God of the Bible. Wow. Uh, in fact, they often live in places where they're not going to run into too many evangelical Christians, too many faithful Catholics like Amy Barrett is. And so I think there's an awful lot of ignorance there. And they look at a person like Amy Barrett and they view her as in- inherently suspect because of a religious faith but the constitution says there cannot be a religious
0: test for public office right
14: mm-hmm.
2: unfortunately though it is and this uh raised its head uh late in september of 2017 where a uh, laurie goldstein right at the new york times she uh, she talked about uh, amy barrett's uh, participation in a group called people of praise can you talk about this, this group people of praise david
13: yeah, people of praise is, is uh, people of praise is a mostly Catholic group, not exclusively Catholic group. That is um, a, a really a small community of folks who have uh, evangelicals will be very familiar with this kind of of lifestyle. Who you know are in relationship with each other. Uh, it's a par a parachurch style organization that has founded schools. Uh, it's founded three award winning schools in different parts of the country. And, you know, they lean on each other for advice and support in tough times. I mean, it's not something, you know, when I read about people of praise, I was thinking about any number of evangelical organizations I belong to over the course of my life where people, um, you know, are in relationship with each other, accountable to each other. It's a very normal thing. But again, if you're a a secular reporter who's not at all familiar with American Christian life, you're going to look at that and you're going to think, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. you mean she... She sought out advice from other people on her career and her marriage and all of these things. And uh, you know, millions of evangelicals are looking at that going, oh, yeah, that's how I look.
3: Yeah. Right, right. That just sounds normal. You yeah, know, there was a, um, there was an article written, uh, on, I think it was posted on Investors Business Daily about Pittsburgh just a couple of days ago. And the very first line of the article, um, said something like, um, and this is my free Kathy translation, but it's something like mixing technology with the word Pittsburgh might seem ridiculous, but, okay. Okay, so it was clearly written by someone who had no idea what was happening in Pittsburgh, right? And so people right, from Pittsburgh right. just went crazy and said, how are you so ridiculous that you write an article about Pittsburgh without having any idea what Pittsburgh's like? That's really exactly what that article is and how a lot of people are looking at Amy Coney Barrett. and They just don't know.
13: Yeah, I mean, and that's part of the religious divide in this country. It's not just that we uh, don't agree with each other on religious questions, it's also that we often don't live around or associate with people of fundamentally different worldviews all that much. So if, if you're living in a deep, deep blue area, like let's say you're in Brooklyn or you're in San Francisco or you're in parts of Silicon Valley, you're not exactly hanging around a whole bunch of evangelical Christians or, or faithful Catholics. You're just not. And so when you hear about Amy Coney Barrett, you're hearing about somebody who is very, very different from you. And look, the founders, uh, the founders maybe didn't foresee a nation as divided between secular and religious, but they found they foresaw a nation divided on religious grounds because the various religious groups that made up the United States happened to be, in many instances, the combatants in the wars of religion in the 17th century. So. The founders understood the potential for religious conflict, and that's why the Constitution uh, prohibits religious tests for public office. If, if we open up that door, you think the cultural wars are bad now, Just wait until there's religious tests to even participate in our democracy. Right.
3: All right, but lo- to be fair, there were many liberals who heard what Dianne Feinstein said last year and said, "Wait a minute, that is several Across steps too. That is several steps too far."
13: Yes. Yes, one of the most prominent was a law professor at Harvard named Bill Heldman who wrote very eloquently. Uh, Chris Hayes actually has been tweeting today from MSNBC against these religious tests. So there are liberals who are looking at this and saying, whoa, this is way too far. What I would say is I think that you're going to see a gradation. There are going to be some people who would take sort of the Diane Feinstein view, the dogma lives loudly within you, and be writing and speaking against her, uh, against her religious faith, in the broadest sense. And then you'll have some others who will say, well, no, I don't have a problem with faithful Catholics, but just have a problem with people in groups like people of praise. And then you'll have still another group saying, no, 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 stop doing that, stop doing that. Uh, I oppose her nomination, but it's because of her judicial philosophy, not because of her religion. And so you'll see a split on the left, but you will definitely see a large number of people expressing extreme hostility to her faith. You'd see a lot of opposition to her nomination being driven by hostility to her faith. And, you know, I think that that's something that uh, politically is not good for the left. It's not good for Democrats. Yeah. And in that short term political calculation could actually count in favor of Barrett if the president is considering, you know, still considering nominating. her. Right.
2: So, David, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, notwithstanding, can you just briefly sketch the road ahead for this to to, to wind through until there's someone nominated and then someone ascends to this empty seat?
13: Yeah. So it looks like if, if the administration holds to its word, it's going to announce by Monday the 9th, which means I would guess the decision will be made sometime this week. And then there's, you know, of course, prep time for the rollout. And where you do your, you know, you, you prepare for, um, you prepare for the coming public, you know, public and political battle. So you'll have the uh, the nomination on the 9th. Then the nominee will make the rounds with senators uh, while everyone, like, Tears their lives and their life inside out, mm-hmm. trying to find any dirt. Then you'll have the hearing, and the goal is to try to have uh, the, the um, new justice nominated and confirmed before the start of the next that the court's next term. So a pretty quick turnaround. It'll be before the midterm elections if um, McConnell's plan holds true, and in that circumstance, what you'll see is a very very intense summer. I mean, I know in the era of Trump, everything is intense, and we'll have other new cycles that will that'll burst onto the scene. But expect an intense summer, because this is the summer where a lot of Democrats may feel like they could lose Roe v. Wade. So um, expect a, a superheated political environment.
3: All right, David, last question for you. Uh, do you have a favorite? I'm not saying, you know, like, who do you think is going to get? it. I mean, if you were picking, do you have somebody that you would put at the top of the list?
13: I have two actually that are at the top of the list Barrett and uh, Judge Kethlich uh is both of those, I think, would be sort of grand slam home run picks along the lines of Neil Gorsuch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think there's no reason to do anything but go for the grand slam here. There's no filibuster. Uh, the Republican caucus is as united as it's been in recent times. I mean, that's not to say that the Democrats won't try to pick off a vote here or there. Um, there's going to be some pressure on red state Democrats like there was to uh, ultimately vote for Gorsuch. Um, I think now is the time to, to, now is not the time to take any risks at all. Um, look, every single person on that 25 person Trump list would be an improvement, I believe over justice Kennedy, but we want more than just an improvement. We want somebody who's of Gorsuch quality. And I think the administration will come through um, based on previous court picks, but uh, we'll see.
2: Yes. Well, these are fascinating times, are they not?
13: <laughs> Very fascinating. That's
2: good. Hey, David, thanks enough a lot. We always appreciate your time here with us. Uh, have a happy fourth. Thanks so much. Happy
13: fourth to you, too.
2: Thank you. David French, senior writer at the National Review. Information about David on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Campbell.
5: You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare.
10: Whether you owe ten to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare,
2: eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau.
1: Want to learn more about getting rid of your troublesome timeshare? Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation. Call 800-786-9300. That's 800-786-9300.
12: 800-786-9300. When you come to Kennywood, you're part of the family. So make yourself at home. Help yourself to some tasty treats. Then climb aboard with the number one blue engine and steam into our newest attraction, Thomastown. Visit Thomas and friends at their new Kennywood home. Coming soon. Kennywood, a Pittsburgh tradition for 120 years. Welcome to the family. Now save up to $20 on select days at Kennywood.com.
1: I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800 Quicken
9: or go to rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only valid on certain 30 year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.
2: Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today with the 4th of July edition.
3: How about the 12 boys that are and their coach that are oh trapped gosh. in a cave?
2: What a crazy Can story Can you
3: stand this story? Hallelujah. Is it blowing your mind that they found them and that they're alive?
2: Yeah, that's so cool.
3: Oh my gosh. okay, but they're saying this is the latest. I'm reading this uh, Washington Post it was picked up by the PG um, just posted a few minutes ago from Singapore. The rescue of 12 members of a boy soccer team and their coach in northern Thailand could take months. What? Yes. The Thai Navy said today as officials weigh the best extraction options after a dramatic nine-day rescue mission. Months. Yeah. Thai authorities are committed to 100% safety, they say, in extracting the boys and their coach from a partially flooded network of caves. Options include, are you ready for the options? Hmm. Coaching the boys on how to use special breathing masks, which means they would be cave swimming. Oh my gosh. In the dark. Keep in mind that... Cave, any, any kind of spelunking, anything like that is like my yeah, yeah, worst yeah, yeah. nightmare. Yeah. I cannot even tolerate the thought of Swimming it, right? Swimming in the so, dark. Or, in the- okay, or draining water from the cave. But the problem is not one of the boys can swim.
2: Oh, my goodness gracious.
3: The boys are aged 11 to 16. Their coach is 25 years old. They went missing on June 23rd after exploring a cave complex in a forest park in northern Thailand close to the border with Myanmar. Local and international rescuers, including a team of Thai Navy divers and cave experts, had spent days trying to locate the team, but muddy waters complicated their efforts and blocked access to the chambers of the cave complex.
2: Wow okay so the good news is they're found they're safe they have some like place to stay that they are safe so now they'll shuttle down food and supplies to keep them warm or whatever comfortable
3: right so they their navies the navy's going tomorrow with food doctors and everything they said when they found them i don't know if you've heard this video how many of you are there 13 brilliant So the rescue team, right? You have been here 10 days. You are very strong.
0: (laughs) They
2: are very strong. What a story. I'm sure we'll hear much more as the weeks unfold.
5: Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM,
15: Pittsburgh, a service of
5: Salem Media Group.
15: With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. President Trump has several more candidates to interview this week for the Supreme Court vacancy created by the retirement of Justice Anthony Kennedy. No vacation for him. Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders says the president has interviewed four candidates and will speak to two or three more this week. So far, Raymond Kethledge, Amul Thapar, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett have been interviewed, and the president expects to meet the July 9th deadline he set for announcing his pick. Thai Navy SEALs say all 13 people trapped in a flooded cave in northern thailand are healthy and being looked after by medics seal commander rear admiral arpicorn yukon said today seven members of his unit including a doctor and a nurse are now with the 12 boys and their coach they've been in that cave for about a week and a half on wall street the dow closing down 132 to 24,175 nasdaq down 65 the s down 13 you're listening to srn
2: news this is john hall with some really cool news about my pillow Mike Lindell and my pillow have set a world record for the largest pillow fight in history. It happened on May 18th as tens of thousands of people participated at Pulse Twin Cities, this big annual Christian music event in Minneapolis. The event was dedicated to giving hope to those who have been hurting or those who lost hope. Did you know that before finding faith and becoming a successful businessman, Mike was a former drug addict, but now he uses his story of success to drive others in a relationship with Jesus. You can check it out at my. MyPillow.com forward slash world record special. The event was a great success and Mike wants everyone to share in the excitement. So for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the standard MyPillow for the lowest price ever. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 1-800-961-9207. Again, call 1-800-961-9207, or go to MyPillow.com, promo code WORD.
5: America, America, God shed His grace on me. And wow, hasn't the Lord blessed us here in America? Hi, it's me, Marcia from the Spring House, and our family is just so thankful to live in this great country. So let's celebrate with a good old-fashioned chicken barbecue meal at the Spring House. My brother Sam and his four boys will fire up the barbecue pit outside and cook long and slow the chicken quarters, dousing them every five minutes with our secret butter vinegar sauce. Keep cool inside the Springhouse Sun Porch and enjoy all our most popular family recipe sides to go with the barbecue chicken hot off the pit. Summer's a great time to top off this meal with a toasted almond fudge ball or a mud-covered dirt ball. Take a spin down our hillside slide and let the baby calves lick your fingers for a memory-making experience on the farm at the Springhouse, seven two four two two eight three 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 nine 228 3339 or springhousemarket.com.
6: Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much.
0: For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323, 800-494-2323, or go to SelectQuote.com, since 1985, we shop, you
9: save. Get full details on the example policy at slugquote.com slash commercials. Or price could vary depending on your health-issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Parts of the region will see a shower or thunderstorm this evening, otherwise partly cloudy tonight. Warm and humid, a low of 72 degrees. For Independence Day tomorrow, hot and humid with sun and building clouds, leading to a shower and thunderstorm in the region in the afternoon and evening, a high of 90. Cloudy, warm, and muggy late tomorrow night, a low of 72. Then a blend of clouds and sun Thursday. A couple of thunderstorms around as we stay humid with a high of 86. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM.
11: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years.
0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM and now here are your hosts John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Channel 128
2: is my favorite channel.
3: What's 128?
2: It's where the American Pickers TV shows on.
3: You don't even know what the name of the channel is. I don't is? know.
2: I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a History Channel?
3: I haven't seen American Pickers in a long time. What? I, I love that show, but I, just I haven't watched seen it, yesterday. it. Did you? Mm-hmm. Really?
2: Yeah. Um, and apparently uh Mike and Frank are headed to Western Pennsylvania no way yeah the uh, the production team from American pickers oh well, yeah it is the History channel they said that the um the team is looking for people around Western Pennsylvania to uh, peruse for the team to per- peruse their collection and they're looking only of course for you know for private people mm-hmm. instead of going to like you know what the history museum or something like that so no if,
3: because that's what makes this show so cool is they end up in the craziest they people's sure do. I mean homes and back sheds and love that so garages much. and
2: it's just weird funky stuff
3: i missed that show i kind of forgot about it
2: yeah well 128 on fios okay all
3: where. right so they're coming to western pa
2: yeah sometime in august they're hoping to come in through uh pittsburgh uh you want to call 855 old rust is the number to call
3: if you think that you have a shed or an outbuilding that could yeah. be perused by the guys?
2: Eight five five Old Rust. Apparently, the team has been here before. In twenty twelve, yeah, I they visited that. Ford City yeah. and they went to a funeral home. And uh, then in twenty fifteen, they were uh, in Johnstown, the mm-hmm. Johnstown location.
3: In their uh, Ben's van. That's a nice van. It's a. I mean, it's a very weird looking van. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw that, I thought. Is that a Mercedes You know what? I think they,
2: think they changed that van.
3: Oh, did they? So they don't use that one anymore. Because it's now ve- I see that van relatively regularly. Yeah.
2: They, I think I'm they sure that show helped them a lot. Probably got a little heat for using a Benz van. They've So I think it's a Dodge van they're using right now.
3: Oh, because it has to be made in America? Probably. That's my guess. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah. yeah okay. So. so if I saw those guys, all I would want to do is tag along.
12: Heck yeah.
2: I mean,
3: there's nothing in my house that they would be like. I mean, no. I just don't have enough... Hmm. I'm happy to say I don't have enough mess for them to really sort through and get excited about.
2: But the people that they intersect with, that's a little bit of a sickness, right?
3: A little bit? Yeah. I mean, half of the people probably have clinical hoarding (laughs) disorders. At least half.
2: Probably you're
3: right, yeah. I mean, I appreciate the fact that the – what are their names? Frank and Mike. Frank and Mike. I appreciate the fact that they're going to, you know – Get these people some, you know, income and, you know, they're, seem to be very fair in how they go about appraising what the stuff is and hooking them up with the right people and all that. But I mean, seriously, you get to that point, there's something going on. Yeah.
2: I mean, I always like whenever like that they knock on someone's door and they go, Hey, this is uh, who we are and here's our sheet we're looking for. My guess is 90% of the people they run into already know who these guys are. Oh,
3: I bet that's not true at all. You don't think? No. Oh, I think so. No, no, no. Here's the thing about cable TV is it is so specialized that if you don't like that sort of thing, you've probably never heard of those guys. But if
2: you're that guy with all the hoarding stuff, you probably watch those guys and go, that's me. I doubt it. I don't know.
3: No, because if you're one of the hoarding people, if you're watching that, you're not... The people that are 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 ending up in that circumstance are not watching that TV show. You don't think? No, because it's not entertaining to them. That's just life. That's their life. Yeah, yeah it's not inter- entertaining. My guess do is we people... watch shows about you know people who do radio shows? No, no of, course of course not. not of course no,
2: not. no, would not do that. You know.
3: So people who are hoarding are not watching shows about hoarders. Well, I
2: think they might. The hoarders might go. Well, my collection is better than that hoarder.
3: Well, maybe they. Well, maybe they would. But I, I still bet most of the people that they walk up to with that piece of you paper are so? like, "Who are you?". And why do you have such a nice fan See,
2: my guess is whenever they show up, they kind of go, "Oh, it's these guys." Ching, now ching, might-
3: now here is the thing: they're probably huge advance teams that go in oh, and no scout doubt. out the whole thing ahead of time. So I'm, I'm sure that that initial moment of here's the paper no has surprise. already been handled by no name, no name assistants, you know, weeks ahead. Yeah.
2: Plus, there's a camera crew of probably like right. eight people standing around. Right.
3: Because here's the thing: you could you know open up the door and someone's holding a gun at you. I mean, you have no idea what kind of craziness you're going to find when you walk into a house. Like
2: yeah. That. Right. Right. Especially go with on. all that stuff that's hidden away.
3: I'm I mean, in uh, the days before Craigslist was a thing, I used to do uh, the penny saver.
2: Oh, the pe- I, I drove by the penny saver like corporate offices. I think they're like somewhere up in Penn Hills. They're out of business.
3: Doesn't surprise me. No, that's a shame. It's just one of those things technology right. just overtook them.
2: Because I, I like you. I'm sorry. You were t- going to say how much well, you love the penny yeah, saver. Yeah, I mean,
3: when the penny saver would come every week, I would sit down and I would look at what yeah, all the crazy yeah. stuff that was in there. I ended up. In some of the nuttiest houses. I'm sure. Oh, my oh, uh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, if I go around my house, because as I've said before, I'm committed to used furniture mm-hmm. because it's just, a, it, first of all, it's a lot cheaper. Second of all, you can end up with really beautiful furniture if you know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Third of all, you get a story. Oh, you should. Sure because, I mean, crazy stuff can happen. A
2: few years ago, for Christmas, I bought my oldest boy a shortwave radio. And so I went on Craigslist and I found a guy and he was like, yeah, come on over to my house. <laughs> oh gosh did you go of course i did i walked into this place i mean it it was like something i mean literally i was walking on planks and if i would you know go to either side i would have fallen off into the guy's basement and he was like yeah i'm just (laughs) i'm just doing a little renovation he took me into a room i mean it was incredible there had to be 40 maybe 50 radios and he was like Okay, now, don't touch that, and I'm not selling that. And, you know, I ended up walking out of there with a little shortwave radio from Sears from, like, 1960-something mm. or other. It didn't cost me a whole lot of money. And he was kind of hard – it was hard for him to let go of. I was like, why did you even advertise on Craigslist? He goes, well, you know, because I do want to get rid of some stuff. But he did not want, he to, get want rid- to get rid no, of he really it. He doesn't want to get rid of it. really did not.
3: Right, which is why these people are not watching American Pickers. No,
2: but it was a really cool place because you do find yourself in some weird situations. You
3: really do. I was in this <laughs> – I was in a couple of places that were probably borderline dangerous. I I went to to, uh, look at a round dining table that a woman had advertised. And she lived – I don't even remember where it was because this is many years ago. But I went out to the house and I could just tell from driving up to it that it was going to be packed to the gills with like anything you could imagine. Don't you get excited? Uh, It's – I feel like the doors of the mall open. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And anyway, I got so excited, but when I went in, there's a fine line between finding good things and thinking this might not be worth it. Right. Like rooting through all these things probably is not going to you know give me a happy ending. Yeah. I did, however, end up buying the round table. Oh. But. I cleaned that thing within an inch mm. of its life, only because of how many animals were in that house. Yeah. I mean, there were so there were birds, there was a ferret, there were all sorts of cats, there was a little dog wearing a sweater, and it was way too hot for the sweater. Just oh, there was poor baby. There was a lot going on in that house. Funny,
2: yeah. I wanted you know someone should like the, write like a book, the chronicles of Craigslist, because I'm sure there's a million and one stories.
3: Do you meet people at, an, at a – because we both do a lot of stuff on Craigslist. Yeah. Do you meet people at a neutral location now?
2: Uh, more often than not. Um, it, it all depends. It, there's been a time or two – well, I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> um, for one of my boy's birthdays, I bought him um, a slot car set. You know what slot cars are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, – <clears throat> I contacted this guy, and this guy said, "Yeah, I've got this beautiful slot car set." He said, "Uh, "But it's already mounted on a platform; the whole thing is mounted." So he said, "I can't take it apart." He said, "But I've got a big truck. How about if I just deliver it, and you know, we take it from there?" And I was like, "Okay, great." He said, "Well, I'll deliver it on the way to work in the morning." Well, he showed up at my house—no exaggeration—it's six (gasps) a.m., and he pulled up in my driveway. Sleeping? No, no, I was ready for him. You know, because he'd said we pre—you know—pre-arranged this. There it was, this gorgeous, I mean, it was like all you know, twists and turns, and it was on this gigantic platform. So I had this spare bedroom upstairs. I said, you want to bring it inside? So the two of us, me and this total stranger <laughs> at 6.05, <laughs> are whispering to each other as we're turning this platform. So you
3: don't wake the boys up?
2: Yeah. Be quiet. Okay, here we go. I mean, my wife's like sleeping six feet away in the, in the other bedroom. <laughs> we set it up on top of this old ping pong table. I gave him the money. He drove away. When my boys woke up, I was like a hero. They were like, did you stay up all night long and put this together? And I was like, well, you know, da, 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 da. and there it was. I mean, totally.
3: So there was a, a total a nice stranger guy. in my house. Yeah, That's probably not safe. It was a good guy. It's probably not recommended, but it sounds probably like a good Probably not. Man. But
2: more often than not, I do do a neutral location.
3: Yeah. I think it's really recommended. I think it's safer. So if anyone's thinking, I've never done Craigslist, listen, from my perspective and John's perspective, find a neutral location. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So we're going to take a break. Uh, no guest in our next segment. We're going to talk about films that define America, right? 4th of July tomorrow.
3: Yeah, so not not films that are going to talk about fireworks and necessarily the American Revolution, but what are the ones that exemplify who America is?
2: All right, stick around. Uh, it's the Ride Home, the 4th of July almost edition. Be back in a few.
5: 101.5 WORD. Coming up on
0: Love Worth
1: Finding. Want to take your spiritual life to the next level? Listen to Adrian
0: Rogers. Now, we want you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, to learn some factors of faithfulness that will help you to stand strong, to be a good Christian at home, and to be a solid citizen in this world.
6: Learn factors of faithfulness this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight
1: at 11 on 101.5 WORD. WORD.
3: Now, I know many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and so it's not a surprise to you that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But what you might not know is now Marley is also offering the very best group health plans in the nation, typical savings up to 40% small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you want. Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, Johns Hopkins, because Marley's giving you the power to choose the best thing for you, and also the best thing for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So give Marley Financial a call now at 724 96 and find out for yourself what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania 724-884-1496 or online marleyfg.com
14: She's such a beautiful little puppy. I mean, we walk around the block and neighbors always say her hair is so beautiful, healthy and shiny and glossy D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com.
7: Oh. Fatty acids, omega 3s and omega 6s are great for healthy skin and soft shiny
0: coats. I would really recommend people starting their puppies on Dynavite before they get into what I would call the misery index.
2: Bad skin, bad ears, bad breath. Because if
7: they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning, then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the allergies, grass, pollen, dust. Dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it, and the itching and shedding down the road.
4: Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. Dynavite for life. This is Ed Lukasiewicz and Cindy Lukasiewicz inviting you and your pets to Dynabite.
5: 859-428-1000.
4: D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot oh. com. The Express Employment Professionals Team sends a big
3: congratulations to all parents of 2018 graduates. Whether your graduate has a clear vision for the future or is feeling a little uncertain about what's next, the Express Pros are here to help. Their Express Jobs app helps to make applying for jobs easier for those who want to get right to work. And for those who want to continue learning Learning and building skills, their Express Learn program offers 18 CTC courses at no charge. Learn more at ExpressPros.com or call 412-494-2000.
6: Remember what life is like before central air? Avoid an untimely reminder of those uncomfortable days of yore with a timely AC system check from Pellis Heating and Cooling. Pellis will service your system to keep your unit running strong all summer long. And if you have an emergency, a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day with after-hour calls returned within 15 Minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P E L L E S, at PellishVAC.com.
0: Now, gentlemen, in this country, our courts are the great levelers. And in our courts, all men are created equal. I'm no idealist to believe firmly in the integrity of our courts and of our jury system. That's no ideal to me. That is a living, working reality.
2: Of course, that's Gregory Peck from the film To Kill a Mockingbird from the wonderful book. And we're talking about 15 films that really define what America is on this Fourth of July.
3: I saw this article, uh, written and entitled, just like John said, by Aaron Gleason on the Federalist website today, and it made me think about what we look for when we think, okay, so a Fourth of July film, what would that be? You know, so is it a movie that talks about the American Revolution? Is it a, you know, a a movie that chronicles the boston tea party or the stamp act you know whatever whatever that is but i appreciated that this writer aaron gleason said no you know the films we should think about when it comes to a holiday like the fourth of july are films that celebrate what america
2: is however have you ever seen yankee doodle dandy james Mm. cagney i don't think so it is (laughs) it's a fabulous it's incredible he he sings um yankee doodle dandy in the film First time when I was a kid, I saw that film. I leapt out of my seat. I mean, it is so compelling. I mean, you see, James Cagney is a song and dance man. Oh, what an incredible movie!
3: Okay, so you would say Yankee Doodle Dandy, even though even though it it, you you would say even though it does fit what I'm saying about it's it's a patriotic film. It's you know
2: it is the prototypical Fourth of July film.
3: But you still think it's compelling?
2: Oh, without a doubt, I love that movie, and he's he's incredible in it. He really is.
3: Okay, so if we're and and Mike said yesterday he loves the Patriot.
2: Uh, is that Mel Gibson? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm not a fan of that film. Oh. I'm not. D- to me, uh, <laughs> t- generally, f- just as a filmmaker and as an actor, Mel Gibson's too heavy-handed for me. Mm. He just is. And I think that's uh, that film is – I disagree. Sort of, uh, I just don't I – I don't, don't, I don't get actor. it. <sighs> A different strokes.
3: Okay. So Mike recommends The Patriot. You're saying Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah. I can't even think of like a red, white, and blue film that I would, you know, necessarily recommend, but I could think of several films that kind of represent. America. Like foundational things about America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me bring up a, a couple that uh, Aaron Gleason brought up, and then I want to ask you for okay, maybe sure, a couple yeah. of yours, and I've got yeah. a couple of my own. Okay. First one he mentions is 12 Angry Men.
2: Henry Fonda I love there's, that there's film There's two versions of I that. love
3: the, the Henry Fonda one
2: Fabulous I mean because th- That really is Oh my is. gosh I love it You see the struggle In oh, the, in the jury so room good. Of class uh, And culture And race And I mean that, that just That's just so, <laughs> so tight A very taut film Highly recommended And
3: speaking of not having air conditioning
2: Oh my gosh Remember? Those guys are Right the, <laughs> They're so <hot. laughs> They're angry They are angry They're
3: incredibly yeah, right, hot Yeah um, Barbershop
2: Oh that's a really great film um, It, it Like the title, it's it's, um, a group of African-American guys in a barbershop, and they are just chewing the fat and speaking with great honesty, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like you're eavesdropping uh, on a group of guys that you don't know, but by the end of the film, you love them. Okay, so what does
3: that tell you about America, or what does it portray about America?
2: um, It portrays the struggle, and and especially when you see a a bunch of African-American guys sort of, you know, bearing their souls or telling about their troubles and their joys. You get to see a different slice, you know, as me, as a white guy, of th- things I didn't know because they're hysterical. I mean, they're very, very funny, but it's also very deep. Brooklyn. Oh, it's a beautiful film. Uh, it's a story of an immigrant, a young girl, an Irish immigrant who, who comes to America. I forget what years uh, she comes in, but it's heartbreaking and gorgeous. Highly recommended. to me, So That's it's an immigrant story? Yeah, and that, that would sort of go along with like Yankee Doodle Dandy or The Patriot. That's definitively an American mm, film.
3: Okay. Field of Dreams.
2: Oh, I love that film. That's a road trip and a baseball film in one, and uh, highly recommend. It. Ra- I can't.
3: I cannot believe I've never seen it. Yeah. I feel like I really. I feel like less of a. Person. That's a
2: real I wonder if that's on Netflix because that's a great film. You should watch that film.
3: You know, do anything tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay. Just because I didn't get any invitations for the Fourth of July no. doesn't mean that you can decide I mean, what it, you it is I'm doing. I'm going to sit in your I'm living doing. room and just sweat and watch I the mean, movie. Good grief! Okay, good. The Iron Giant.
2: Oh the iron Giants a great animated film really and it's like sort of like 1950s It's a really wonderful animated film it's it's probably one of my top three or top four animated films of Is all that time right oh yeah
3: what's the what's what's the link to America?
2: Um, it's, sh- well, I, I guess it just sort of shows America, uh, as in a, a, a more innocent time and an America in a more sinister time. There's like sort of overtones of, you know, uh, a, a police state or communism and a young boy who discovers this, this alien iron giant and his relationship with this thing and how he tries to, you know, cover his tracks. But at the same time, it's a giant. Um, it's just a really wonderful film. It shows America at its best and its worst in some way. Lincoln. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Enough said. The two together and Spielberg. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Oh, great film, Good isn't grief. It?
3: It's fabulous. Yeah. Miracle.
2: Oh, that's a miracle on ice. Yeah, that's it. Herb, uh, Herb Brooks. Brooks. Herb Brooks.
3: Have you seen that, Mike? Oh, my gosh. I watch it at least twice a
4: year. <laughs> Is that right? i obsessed with
3: this movie. I, I not know, know that. Oh, it's pretty true of the narrative, you know, isn't it? Yeah, I've never watched the true. film. It's very true. You've never, never seen it? No. Right. I mean, it's, it's a definitely a definitely great family movie. Yeah,
2: it really is. Yeah, yeah if you got a hockey fan in your household.
3: Okay, speaking of another great family movie, uh, Remember the Titans.
2: Oh, that's a great football film. Yeah, really terrific film. It's not film. hockey,
3: so I know it's a step down for you, Mike. Yeah, it's no. a good one, though.
2: It's a really great film.
3: Um, Steel Magnolias? Uh, okay. All right. Okay. I couldn't really go there. Meh. Um, Okay, I need some of your own personal picks.
2: Okay. Um,
3: Fourth of July movies that you think tell us something important about America.
2: Okay. Uh, there's a film that I loved uh, with the actor Albert Brooks, um, like maybe mid-80s, called Lost in America. Julie Harris, remember that name? Mm, yeah, I do remember. Yeah.
3: Wasn't Julie Harris in um, Dr. Zhivago?
2: Yeah, maybe it's not Julie Harris. <laughs> uh, as soon as it came out of my mouth. Uh Uh, what's her name? Uh, no, Julie Haggerty.
3: Oh, I don't know Julie Haggerty. She's a
2: comedian. Um, it's a story about this guy who is at the top of the food chain in an advertising agency and he's just beaten down with his life. So, him and his wife, they decide to sell everything and they buy uh, an RV, this big, sort of tricked out RV. And they go on this, what they, you know, this ultimate American road trip. And they've got this whole thing planned out. They're sitting in, you know, in the living room. They sell everything. The neighbors wave goodbye, and off they go in their RV. They're on the road literally three days, maybe four days, and they stop in Las Vegas to get married. To get re- that's
3: what you do in Vegas. Yeah,
2: to get remarried, and they get remarried, and, they, and then they, you know, have a little celebration, and they fall asleep in the middle of the night. The wife wakes up, and for whatever reason, she goes out into the casinos. And they show the next morning when Albert Brooks wakes up and he's going, how you doing? And she's like super guilty and he's going, what's wrong? She goes, I spent our entire nest egg. And he loses his mind, of course. He goes, what, you mean just a little bit of the nest egg? And she goes, no, the full nest egg. And he goes, no, just a, like a portion of the nest egg. Oh no. my gosh. So she gambled away the entire oh. thing. So their American dream has come crashing down. He gets a job. Now they have to just sort of survive now. So they move their, their tricked out RV into sort of a senior citizen trailer park where <laughs> he becomes a fixture. He takes a job as a crossing guard where he's, you know, sort of attacked by the, the neighborhood kids at the elementary school. He finally, you know, they reconcile their marriage because he's so angry at his wife. And then they sort of suck it back up, they go back into the workforce again. But it's a really sort of like picturesque struggle of what some man's vision, a couple's vision of what America could be. What's it called? Lost in America. Okay. Highly recommended
3: you thought it was uh, Julie
2: Julie Julie Harris. Harris. Okay. It's Julie Haggard. Okay.
3: And guess what? Uh. Julie Christie's the one Dr. <laughs> Chicago.
2: <laughs> 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 Julie Christie. She's oh, one whatever. of my favorite weird films called The Demon Seed.
3: Oh. Which which we don't recommend
2: uh, no, for no, the Fourth not of not July. Really okay,
3: here's one. Okay. That I picked. Fargo.
2: Oh, my gosh.
3: I just... Now, here's the thing. This is not a family film. No. Fargo is not a family film. But there is something that is so unbelievably endearing and beautiful about Frances McDormand's character in this film. She's a police um, policewoman, and she's investigating a series of brutal murders in North Dakota in the middle of winter. Funny, funny film. But here's the thing. What is so wonderful about it is her purely small town american true blue reaction to evil yeah and she just you know she's trying to fight it and she's trying to chase it but at the same time she's saying really like that's that's what you're doing when you could just have a life and a family and a little house yeah. and i mean she's a hero she's such an american hero in the movie she's just Wonderful, yeah, wonderful. So if if you're an adult and you're with a bunch of adults and you're looking for something that I think really celebrates the greatness of an American hero, oh, it's Francis really McDormand and Fargo. Fargo,
2: that's a great movie. Love it. Excellent. Love it. Okay, so there's a film about immigration um, called Hester Street, and it stars um, Carol Carol Kane. Remember Carol Kane? No. She won, uh, she was nominated for Academy Award. I don't think she won. Um, maybe like mid 70s. And it tells the story of, of this, of this immigrant couple. The husband comes ahead first. He's, uh, they're, they're both Jews. And it's like, you know, um, late in 19, um, uh, like 1890s. And he comes in from um, uh, some, you know, European country where he's a Yiddish speaking Jew. He quickly assimilates into American life and then he saves money and he's super excited. And then the wife shows up, Carol Kane. Mm. Well, she is as shy and as backwards as anything, and she cannot assimilate as quickly into the American life as he has. And he's like becomes very anxious and impatient with her. Anyway, long story short, there's this struggle between the two of them about assimilation. And in the meantime, the husband, he he's so resigned or so resentful of his wife, he starts to have an affair. Towards the end of the movie, she assimilates, they get a divorce. She becomes American like he becomes American, and it just shows how difficult it is for families to come in and become whole in a a country that really is so fractured against the American dream. Hmm. It's a really wonderful movie. What's it called? Hester Street. Hester Street. Okay. Carol Kane.
3: Um, Sarah Plain and Tall. What? Sarah Plain and Tall. I think... I'm pretty sure this was a film that was made for television. Oh, I don't think it was. A, I don't think it was a major release film, but it starred Christopher Walken and Glenn Close. Huh. And Sarah Plain and Tall is a is a classic really? a piece of literature by Patricia McLaughlin. Um, but this version, it was 1990, really, somewhere around there, maybe. Um, and it's about a woman who grows up in Maine, and she becomes a mail order bride for um a guy who's living in the plains in Kansas huh. um during the Dust Bowl. And he has lost his wife and Sounds he has wonderful. and he has two kids Christopher Walken is desperate. You can picture this in your head. You yeah, can picture sure, sure. Christopher Walken in the plains of Kansas <laughs> in the Dust Bowl, right? And he's backward and cold and he's his heart's been broken and he basically just needs somebody to watch his kids oh, yeah, and sure manage sure. his house. Yeah, That's yeah. really – he's not interested in a relationship, but he'll take like the wife part only because he doesn't know what else to do. And it's her story of coming from the the coast of Maine – Going to the middle of America and like trying to figure out what this whole geography is about, what the whole oh, community cool. lifestyle is about and what he's about. It is so gorgeous.
2: Oh, no kidding. Oh my I'm definitely going to watch that. Oh, okay, he good.
3: is so. They're both wonderful. Yeah. I mean, look at that. They're so acting powerhouses yeah. but oh is it gorgeous oh, that's really cool. Sarah Plain and Tall okay great it's available at the Carnegie Library is it yeah
2: oh, I want to see it on Netflix it's wanna, wonderful
3: it. it's absolutely wonderful
2: okay so my last film that I would choose uh, the, that is sort of the, uh, the slice of America is The Last of the Mohicans
3: oh my gosh what a wonderful film Daniel Day-Lewis 1992 I haven't thought about that in so long and uh. Mary, El- Mary Elizabeth Masterson maybe uh, Mary I don't know I'm not good with first and last names in this segment. But, uh, oh, she's so beautiful in it. He's wonderful. Oh,
2: fabulous film. French and Indian uh, War. I mean, it, if you've uh, never seen it, you've really got to see it.
3: Daniel Day-Lewis was tremendous yeah, it sure is, yeah. in that film.
2: Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe. Yeah, that's it.
3: I had them right. That's okay. <laughs> okay, the last one I'd say. Hmm. The Greatest Showman. <laughs> 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 Listen people if that if you're looking for an American story that, that is it only yeah, in is... America only in America could that story Okay happen. all right I'll
2: see The Greatest Showman and Raise You The Godfather 2
3: Yes because I never understood like in my head what the early 1900s in New York City could have looked like until I saw until I saw The Godfather 2. Yeah, yeah. That's the best of The Godfather Oh, I think so too, 2. yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, so that's our film picks for the 4th of July, What America Is.
3: I'll put them online. How about that? Okay, Find great. us on Facebook, The Ride Home with Johnny I Cathy.
13: I am. I'm a real-life Yankee Doodle made my name and fame and just as Mr. Doodle did by riding on a pony. I love to listen to the Dixie Strain. I long to see the girl I left behind me. That ain't a Josh. She's a Yankee by
12: God. Oh, okay, you see? about a Yankee, that's all.
1: five thirty thirty That's eight hundred seven zero
13: five thirty thirty. 705 3030 705 3030 Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid
1: endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states.
0: When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water, seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. If
6: you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, from local farmers to local leaders, Fellowship Foods delivers local, sustainable groceries right to your doorstep. Now get $100 worth of fresh veggies, fruits, meat, eggs, coffee, cheese, and more from 75 local area farms for just 50 bucks. It doesn't get fresher than Fellowship Foods. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping.
9: Parts of the region will see a shower or thunderstorm this evening, otherwise partly cloudy tonight. Warm and humid, a low of 72 degrees. For Independence Day tomorrow, hot and humid with sun and building clouds, leading to a shower and thunderstorm in the region in the afternoon and evening, a high of 90. Cloudy, warm and muggy late tomorrow night, a low of 72 Then plenty of clouds and sun Thursday. A couple of thunderstorms around as we stay humid with a high of 86. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Steve Travis on 101.5 Word FM.
2: Okay, we've been told for you know years that the secret to success is your career,
9: right? Mm -hmm.
2: You know, to to climb the upward ladder of mobility, to work long hours, to impress the boss, and you know, you'll be rewarded richly.
3: You can connect with your kids later.
2: Yeah. Well, apparently times have changed because. Uh Now, over half of Americans would rather forego a promotion at the office with a view uh your corner office uh with instead free time to spend with your family, mm-hmm. yeah particularly millennials who are more concerned about maintaining a work-life balance than the generations prior. They no longer believe that climbing that corporate ladder as a definition of their success. Mm-hmm. So finding a good balance between uh, your, your social life and work life, of course it's demanding. Anybody you who know, uh, works this thing, right? Uh, a career. It, it, sometimes they're just not enough hours in the day no matter how hard you try. But So how much of your personal life are you willing to give up for the sake of your salary? According to um, a website called Credit Loan, you might not have to give up as much as you think for in, in, for increased income. In a survey of United States employers, credit loan, sorry, credit loan, not line credit loan found that those who prioritize their family and children over their careers earned an average of $8,714 more per year what? than their counterparts. How can that be? Can that be? Yep. Um, while the familiar prioritization correlated with a higher salary, it may also have something to do with people who have higher salaries feeling more comfortable prioritizing families. Oh. Yeah.
3: There's the rub. Oh, okay. I get Mm -hmm. it.
2: But regardless, uh, credit loans creative director, someone named Corey Colleton, found that these findings indicate that it's possible to balance work and life without damaging your career in the long run. Quote, life without balance leads to burnout, says uh, Corey Colleton. If you're living for your career alone, you miss out on fulfilling relationships and hobbies and your health can fall by the wayside. All right.
3: I think there's something to be said about the fact that happier people are more successful in general. But yeah. here's the thing. I have seen this over my life with countless people. Success does not always equal happiness. Mo- no, it doesn't always equal monetary success. You know, it seems like if people are embracing their life in general, in a, in a big picture, family, church, all of those things, a successful life doesn't always equal big paycheck, big paycheck.
2: Yeah, I'll agree with that. <laughs>
3: yeah, I bet you will.
2: I'll agree. <laughs> Just how it is, you know? Right. It's how we roll, Kathy Emmons. That yeah, is. it is. Yeah, so the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Stick around. Um, our final guest has a very unique perspective on Americans 4th of July. Stay with us.
5: 101.5 WORD
6: You may have heard
1: that the Bible teaches that a woman's focus should be on her home. But what exactly does that mean? What does God expect from women? And for that matter, what expectations does God have for men at home and at work? Consider that as John MacArthur takes a biblical look at revolutionary living in a dark culture on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD.
7: You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day ah. That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com
8: Selling mattresses the traditional way isn't the best way. Most are made in a large factory and shipped hundreds of miles to a retailer's warehouse where the retailer then marks them up and up before finally selling and delivering them. At the Original Mattress Factory, we take a straightforward approach. We have eliminated the extra steps and created a direct line from our factory to you, saving you hundreds of dollars. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original. The Original Mattress Factory.
5: When you're a kid, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Wild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Right now, buy a season pass, just $59.99 online at Idlewild.com.
2: At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies your vehicle with spray on bed liners tonneau covers weather tech floor liners and more say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing plus lift kits electronics and remote starters always a favorite extreme car and truck in bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net
5: next you're holding up the line ma'am what did you say you're next in line for the water slide, ma'am. Feet forward and enjoy the ride. Okay,
12: dearie,
0: this does look fun.
12: We You melted me. I've melted.
0: The Wicked Witch of the West on a water slide? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to Geico. See
12: what
4: you've done.
0: Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
6: The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? Word FM hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at wordfm.com now to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone sponsored by express employment professionals of robinson township the virtual job fair at wordfm.com
2: Rebecca McLaughlin is with us. Rebecca holds a PhD from Cambridge University, a theology degree from Oak Hill Seminary in London. She's a regular writer for the Gospel Coalition. You can follow her on Twitter at RebeccaMcLaughlin.org. org. But we love her. She's a regular guest on our show. And Rebecca, welcome back. You're the last guest before the Fourth of July holiday.
14: Thanks, John. I got to say, you guys are brave for letting this uh, British girl talk about the Fourth of July.
2: Well, no, we've <laughs> we've watched the madness of King George. <laughs>
14: Right.
3: (laughs) We know the real story, Rebecca.
14: Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of the the enemy here. No, uh, no, no. (laughs) In the 4th of July (laughs) July festivities. Rebecca, are you a dual citizen? No, I'm not. And I'll I'll tell you why. My husband is from Oklahoma, and every few years he says, you know, can you become a citizen here? And I say no, because I'd have to sign a thing which says I renounce my allegiance to any foreign power, prince, and potentate, and while the queen lives, I don't. So, I'm mm. afraid I'm not only British, but I'm also a really reluctant immigrant who was, who was dragged here, screaming, by her lovely American husband. So, <laughs> two reasons you shouldn't let me talk about the Fourth of life. I understand it. Well, we're yeah. happy
3: to share our country with you. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's very kind. All right. Now, so, it's interesting that you want to talk about what you think is the most Christian aspect of the American dream. What is that?
14: Mm hmm. So I was reflecting on this a a little because I I do think there are some incredibly beautiful and uh, Christianly resonant things about um, America and about the the ethos of America. That I think they're not always the ones that um, Americans sometimes think of as the most Christian. So what I'd like to suggest um, is that the poem engraved on the Statue of Liberty, which I'm sure everyone listening is is familiar with, The New Colossus, represents a a way into a vision of America that's actually very close to the heart of Christianity, Um, which is interesting because it it was written by Emma Lazarus, a 19th century Jewish-American poet, at a time when she was actively engaged in helping European Jews fleeing from religious persecution in Eastern Europe. So it was Jewish immigrants fleeing from, from supposedly Christian countries coming to America Um, And if it's okay, I'd love to to read the poem. I'm sure it's familiar to everyone listening, but maybe We could do a a little refresher. Yes, thank you. So, so a beautiful instance of American poetry. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gate shall stand a mighty woman with a torch whose flame is the imprisoned lightning. And her name... Mother of Exiles, from her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbour that twin cities frame. Keep ancient land your storied pomp, she cries with silent lips. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore send these, the homeless tempest tossed to me i lift my lamp beside the golden door It's gorgeous i love that poem and i I think what's so christian about this message is how close it is to jesus's invitation um expressed in multiple moments in the gospels but one that particularly stood out to me was when jesus um, says in matthew 11 come to me all you who are labour and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hmm. And it seems like Jesus, throughout the Gospel, is always inviting the marginalised, the poor, the exhausted, the broken the sick and the homeless yes. in. Um, and that, that, to me, represents... Some of the the best of, of this country and some of its deepest connection with a, a Christian worldview.
2: Oh, I love it so much, Rebecca. So, so then, how does this work in your own life? You know, um, what what's happened to you that you know this somehow both the gospel and the Emma Lazarus poem they resonate within you side by side.
14: So, I think there are a couple of, of frames that we can look at this. We can look at the the macro frame of thinking about how how can America continue to be and strive to be uh, a country that lives up to that ideal? And, yeah, I think there are many complicated questions around that, but at at times I think as as Americans or as um, (laughs) residents in America, we can kind of slip into the idea that America stands for protecting our own rights and freedoms and battling down the hatches and prioritizing our own safety and prosperity for those kind of already inside when actually the, the Christian ethic turns that on its head, you know, Jesus saying, anyone who wants to come after me must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Yes. So being a Christian always means giving up your rights and your safety and your prosperity and even being willing to give up your life for the sake of others. So I think on, on the, the macro scale, authentic Christianity acts like a magnet to those who are marginalized mm-hmm. and vulnerable and on the bridges, and it should never be like a white, white picket fence to keep other people out. Um but I think in terms of how it plays out for me in my own kind of normal day-to-day existence in uh, New England and this, this beautiful part of, of your country that I am invading, <laughs> um, I think it plays out for me partly a, a church. And um, over the summer, our church is hosting uh, weekly meals for the, the homeless on Sunday evenings and, and once a month that's combined with a service where um, members, you know, members of the church who, who aren't struggling with homelessness, come and join in, and we eat together, we sing together, we pray together, and it's just a, a really um, moving opportunity to connect with people whose day-to-day lives are very different from mine, and to notice Jesus's prioritisation of those people over, frankly, over people like me who are living mm-hmm. in privilege and comfort.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And so that is a thing that you've committed to on a weekly basis, Rebecca? So our church
14: does this on a, on a weekly basis. Um, the the kind of whole church family meal plus service is a is a monthly thing that we're doing. Um, we had a last one this past Sunday, and I had a, a very moving conversation with a woman who was about my age, who, who was also called Rebecca, who also had three children, two girls and a boy, but her children are in care because she's homeless and she hasn't seen them in two years. Mm. Mm. And being able to sit down with her and share a meal with her and conversation with her and, and to pray with her was just a reminder of the the gaps in experience between me and somebody in her shoes. But again, noticing that if, if Jesus in the flesh, as it were, I walked into that room and was pointing to the most important person in that room that would probably have been her. And I think thats we always have an internal tendency to kind of prioritize the people who are in the most privileged positions and want to spend our time with them. And I think as Christians, we must always fight that and orient toward the people who Jews would actually prioritize. Yes.
2: It's funny, isn't it, though, that we, we take the gospel... And we twist it to our own will, and we sort of pervert the gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, and I think we always try to make it easier and more comfortable than it is. Yeah, I got that And the gospel is so difficult and so unsettling, and it makes you uncomfortable, and I guess maybe the dead giveaway is that if you're too comfortable with the Christianity you've chosen, that you probably aren't following the real one.
14: Right, right. And, you know, the the terrifying parables that Jesus tells, (laughs) Uh, everything from the the sheep and the goats, where we'll face him one day and give an account for how we've treated those who are hungry and those who are in prison and those who are sick, you know, right through to the parable of of the rich man and Lazarus, where we just see Jesus' heart for the poor, and frankly, the, the danger of being rich and comfortable in this world, spiritually speaking, um, that I don't know about you but every time I read that parable it sort of sends chills down my spine as yes. I think goodness, I'm clearly if, if my life were to be mapped onto this parable, I'm, I'm the rich man mm-hmm. in the house, I've got Lazarus at the gates right. with a dog wrecking my wounds. Yes. And so how can we as Christians who are living in some form of, of privilege, how can we be reaching out to those who aren't and recognising you know, that's really where where Jesus would have us invest and and share love and, and share resources.
2: I'm into that. Rebecca McLaughlin's with us. You can find it on the web at org. So, Rebecca, uh, uh, for the Fourth of July is here, and, and of course, um, we'll celebrate tomorrow. What's it look like in Oklahoma at your
11: house for the Fourth?
14: Well, we, my husband's from Oklahoma. We actually live in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and what it's going to look like for us is having our church community group over, and our church community group represents four continents and eight countries uh, the majority of us are immigrants of one sort or another. Mm-hmm. Um, we have also, you know, a handful of, of born and bred Americans, um, mostly Asian Americans, and a couple of white Americans, just to you know, just for completeness. <laughs> 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 but, but actually, that's again a beautiful reminder of the fact that most immigrants to America today are Christians, and the population that's becoming non-religious in America is actually white Americans. So. Any time, if we care about um, preserving American Christian cultural heritage and uh, making America, in any sense, a Christian country, actually immigrants are, are doing massive wonders to strengthen the church here. While um, you know, sadly, sad to say, many white Americans are, are wandering away.
3: Oh, that's a great reminder. Thank you so much. Always good to visit with you, Rebecca. Yes, Rebecca. Thanks so much.
14: And you. Happy almost Fourth of July.
2: Yes, very good. Rebecca McLaughlin. She's a monthly guest on our show. As I said, you can find her on the web, RebeccaMcLaughlin.org, where she has a wonderful blog. We'll take a break and come back with just a smidge before the 4th comes upon us.
6: If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec can be there in less than two hours with portable units to save valuable product. And they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-7930-661. Isn't crushing candy just boring? Play the hit puzzle game Best Fiends. It's sweeping the nation. Tired of matching candies? Give Best Fiends a try. It's fun, fresh, and addictive whether you play alone or with friends. Friends and family. Download Best Fiends for free in the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Beans. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, from local farmers to local leaders, Fellowship Foods delivers local, sustainable groceries right to your doorstep. Now get $100 worth of fresh veggies, fruits, meat, eggs, coffee, cheese, and more from 75 local area farms for just 50 bucks. It doesn't get fresher than Fellowship Foods. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping.
2: Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along for the uh, almost 4th of July edition of The Ride Home. This music reminds me of the, um, they do an annual sort of uh, Americana celebration It's Soldiers and Sailors. Okay. Have you ever seen this? Never have. It's, um, I don't know, it's produced by the county. And they have like you know various choirs and marching bands. I mean, it is as pure patriotism mm. as you're likely That's to find neat. anywhere. I today. like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Once, a lot. Once a year, it's a free free event.
3: If you find us on our Facebook page, "The Ride Home with John and Kathy," um, I've posted all of the films that we listed. Okay. We talked about it in our uh, f- five o'clock segment. Um, best. Fourth of July films. Now yep. these aren't films about the Revolutionary War. They're not films about you know the America's relationship with the British. That it's not. It's just films that we thought captured something of the heart of America. Right, right. And uh, so you can go and look for uh, look for those yourself. But there's one that I thought of that um, I did not talk about earlier. Yeah. Also a Cohen brothers film. Oh, what is it? Oh, brother, where art though? Oh.
2: That's a great movie. I mean, no, isn't That's that a great films. slice of Americana, sure is. isn't it?
3: Holy I mean, smokes. the South, that era, the heat, yeah. the chain gang, the music, the mu- I mean, everything about it. the, um, the intrinsic connection with the South and with the Baptist theology, yes, you know, I the, agree. I mean, it's just, there's so many things in that. I love Plus it it's just so funny.
2: It sure is. Okay, um, uh, Marion said uh, Dances with Wolves.
3: another. Can we put two Kevin Costner films yeah. on there? Yeah, I, I don't you know can. if we yeah, can yeah, put yeah. two Kevin Costner films yeah. up there. But, um,
2: okay. How about Eric? Um, Eric said uh, Easy Rider. <laughs> 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 that's a good choice.
3: That's pretty good. Yeah. You know what? We didn't pick any Westerns. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's kind of a gaping hole. Okay,
2: do you have a favorite Western?
3: The Unforgiven. Or that's not the. Oh, that's it's just unforgiven. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. You I'm don't like of, that film? No, I don't. Yeah, I love that film. Really? Yeah.
2: My favorite western is High Noon.
3: Gary uh, Cooper. Is that Gary Cooper? Oh yeah. I the may. The tension
2: have f- that runs through that.
3: I can't really remember that.
2: That's a fabulous movie.
3: What's the um? What's the West? To- no, it wasn't Tombstone. Tombstone. Was it Tombstone?
2: Isn't that a pizza? <laughs>
3: what was Kurt Russell? No, it was that. What, yeah, I remember that one. But the one I was thinking of was again the one that the Coen brothers redid.
2: Western, the Coen brothers redo. Yeah. I don't know that.
3: Didn't it start? Yeah. This is a film I only saw a part of because I walked into somebody's house and it was on. It was uh, The Dude is in it. The Dude is abiding in it. The Jeff. Dude. Um, oh,
2: oh, 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 yeah, 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 y- You yeah. know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, but I can't I can't name it. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, but The Dude does abide in that.
3: The Ballad of uh, Buster Scruggs? What? No. No, 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 no. No, no. Uh, Mm-mm. again this is one of those moments where people are wrecking screaming their the cars right mm-hmm. yeah. screaming like how could these people so yeah. be so incredibly stupid is it a series or it is a movie no no, no it's, it's a, a movie. movie it was made by the cohen brothers it started that beautiful girl
2: oh that beautiful girl
3: you know <laughs> you know that beautiful young girl <laughs> listen listen you know what i'm talking about no i don't the beautiful young girl the beautiful like 10 year old girls in it
2: All right, i'm sorry oh, okay wait eric eric gave us a list uh he said, uh, "Born in the Fourth of July."
3: Oh, okay. Forrest
2: Gump. Yeah, Patton coming oh, Patton. to America. Come.
3: <laughs> How did we not put "Coming to America" on the that Natural? Oh, my God. Anna
2: Green Gables.
3: Oh, but Anna Green Gables—that's not doesn't apply because it's Canadian. <laughs> <Okay>.
15: Sorry. <laughs>
2: yeah. Anyway, you have a happy Fourth. We'll be uh, taking the day off, so we'll be running what we call a best of. But I guess you'll have to decide whether that's true or not. Happy
0: Fourth of July.
3: I'm adding Coming to America to this The list. Ride
0: Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications.